Gator Nation and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Albaverde, staff writer for the Lake City Reporter. You know, I've seen crazier things happen uh, in my time here, but, uh, you know, that was just a great game. Credit to them. They're, they're a quality team. They're, they're resilient just like us. Uh, luckily, we were able to pull this one out. What's up, Florida fans? Welcome into the latest edition of Locked on Gators and a tough one for the Florida basketball team last night in Baton Rouge as they fall against the LSU Tigers 84-82. to The Gators put together an incredible late rally after being down by double digits. And on the game's final possession, Keontae Johnson had a chance to tie it up at 84 on an inbounds pass from Andrew Nemhard. But Johnson was not able to get it off in time as the refs reviewed the play and determined that he did not get the shot off before the clock ran out. There was .5 left on the shot clock and Johnson just could not do his best Derek Fisher impersonation. So we will recap that game on today's show. We'll also talk some more about Gervon Dexter earning his fifth star. Not only did he receive it from rivals on Tuesday, but he also got it from ESPN. And he's now a five-star recruit in the 24-7 composite. Now, on Tuesday night in Baton Rouge, the Gators got off to a good start against LSU. They took the lead early in this game. Noah Locke came out lighting it up from three, and more on him later. But LSU was able to take the lead in the first half. Florida was able to weather that run by the Tigers. And in the second half, they had control of the game for most of that period. I felt like looking at the scoreboard throughout the game, the Gators were up by three points pretty much throughout. But in the second half, LSU was able to go on the run that would put them ahead by double digits and the Gators found themselves trailing by 11 points with just over three minutes to go and that was when they kicked it into comeback mode and the Gators were able to rally just like they did against Alabama although this was a much more furious comeback. Now the lead was still double digits with 120 to go the Tigers were up by 10 but that's when the Gators reeled off eight straight points to make it a three-point game and then they got it down to one at 81-80 when Keontae Johnson hit a three-pointer with 30 seconds left and at that point in the game I felt like the Gators might have a chance to win the thing but the Tigers maintained their lead and then they got two free throws from Skylar Mays that put them up 84-80 to with 8.2 seconds left. It was unfortunate that freshman Scotty Lewis had his foot slip out of bounds on the possession where the Gators could have taken the lead. But Kerry Blackshear Jr. made up for it at the very end. He was able to get a tip-in basket, and that cut the lead to just two points. The Tigers went to throw it in, and initially it was ruled out on Florida with only .1 seconds left. But they reviewed the play, and Scotty Lewis, making up for stepping out of bounds, was able to break up the inbounds pass, and it actually went off on the Tigers and some more time was put back on the clock. So it gave the Gators one last opportunity with 0.5 seconds left to try and tie the game and send it into overtime. Credit to Florida coach Mike White. He drew up a beautiful inbounds play. Johnson broke free down the left side of the lane. Andrew Nemhard threw it to him, and then Johnson went up with the basket. It looked initially like he got it off in time and the game would be going to OT, but when they reviewed the play, the shot clock above the basket showed that it was still in his hands before he was able to get it off. Now, what had a lot of Florida fans frustrated on Tuesday night was the clock in the arena, if you saw the shot on the TV, showed 0.2 seconds left when it was 0.0 on the shot clock above the basket. We've seen that before in college basketball. There can be a discrepancy between both clocks. 
but I thought looking at it in live time that the clock may have started just a tad too soon, may have been some home court cooking, but look, at the end of the day, you don't want it to come down where you're relying on a shot with .5 seconds left to win the game. It can happen, as we've all seen with Derek Fisher's game winner over the Spurs, but in this moment, it didn't go Florida's way. You do have to give them a ton of credit for being able to rally back there in that last minute. They could have easily laid down down by 10 with 120 to go. But we've seen from this team that they have a lot of fight. They are capable of rallying late. And with their three-point shooting ability, they are never out of a game, especially if they are hot from beyond the arc. Yeah, you know, in, in LSU's defense, we, we're playing with nothing to lose there. Out of desperation and... and Probably shot the ball more confidently late than we than we did the first 35 minutes of the game, unfortunately. But did enough. Really proud of the effort down the stretch. I mean, just to uh, to continue, just to have a chance. You know, we were split seconds, a split second or two or three. Who knows? I hadn't even seen it, but close enough to potentially continue uh, uh, to be to be playing right now as we're speaking. Um, where you know our, our our guys, especially with this with this team, you know, we got so much youth out there. Uh, Could have just packed it in and. Um, whether they said it or not, you know, could have done that with action. But uh, our guys fought to the bitter end and uh, made it interesting. Noah Locke and Keontae Johnson both led the Gators with 16 points. And for Locke, it was his 15th straight game where he's made multiple three-pointers, extending his school record and tying his game high for this season with four three-pointers made against LSU. Like I said, he came out hot very early on in this game. Florida outscored LSU 33-6 to from the three-point line. So they definitely had the advantage in this game from beyond the arc. Andrew Nemhard, he finished with his second career double-double, 15 points, 10 rebounds. Kerry Blackshear also had 15 points in the game. And there was another new mark set by Gators player as Omar Payne made his first three field goal attempts on Tuesday night before he missed a basket. And if you put those three games together, that's 16 consecutive makes, which eclipsed Andrew Nemhard's mark of 15 in a row last season, which was the longest of the past decade. But unfortunately for Payne, he got in foul trouble and that really hurt them in this matchup. They were already without Dante Bassett. Blackshear came into this game limited as he had been battling a stomach bug but he was able to tough it out. And Florida had a shot right there at the end to win this game against an LSU team that even though they lost some big pieces from last season's SEC championship team, I think they have a chance to make another run this year. They are still undefeated in SEC play and Will Wade's got that group playing really well. And I think that Mike White has the Gators playing really well right now. I know that they didn't get the win on Tuesday night and there are no more victories, but coming off of the win against Auburn with the way that they played on the road at LSU and the opportunity on Saturday to play the number one team in the country, Florida is showing what type of level that they can compete at when they bring their A game. Now they're still trying to get some quad one wins as Tuesday's result moves them to one and four this season. And that's definitely going to be key as they're trying to get a good seed in the NCAA tournament. But obviously on Saturday, if they can get the upset over the number one Baylor Bears, that's going to be huge for their seeding. That's going to be huge for their success this season. And it's going to be another opportunity for us to see how these Gators measure up against one of the best teams in college basketball. Certainly LSU is one of the best teams in SEC play, and the Gators went toe-to-toe -to -toe against them once again. And it's crazy how close these two teams have been recently when you look at the last 160 minutes of regulation basketball between Florida and LSU. 
they are only separated by one point. The Gators have outscored them 294 to 293. There's been some classic matchups between these two rivals, and Tuesday night's game was the latest. Certainly disappointing that Florida wasn't able to steal one on the road, but I think that there's a lot that they can take away from how well that they played. And obviously that aggression and sense of urgency that they showed late is how they need to play for a full 40 minutes. And that's something that Mike White is going to continue to stress to them. So another classic game between the Gators and Tigers and nearly went to overtime for the third time in four games. The Gators won their last trip to Baton Rouge last season, 82-77 to in overtime. And since then, the last three Florida LSU games have all been decided by one possession. And after Tuesday night's game, LSU coach Will Wade and Florida coach Mike White talked about how this rivalry has intensified because of the coaching connections between the two teams. You know, I grew up with Greg Heyer, and I worked with Bill Armstrong for five years at Ole Miss. Maybe it's just the familiarity with each other. Maybe it's that both staffs want to beat each other's brains in. You know, um, who knows? Uh, been four, I guess, four in a row, really high-level uh, college basketball games, fun games. Obviously, a little more fun for them. You know, coming out on the winning end tonight, but uh, just just good games. I, I I don't know what it is. Um, other than that, you know, two uh, competitive teams, um, they've all had interesting endings. You go in and, and you know they're going to change some things up and you're, wor you know, you're worried about what they're going to do. We go in, I mean, they pro you know, we changed some things up for them. You know, he looked back at me, we called a baseline how to bounce play box gator and he's going, what is, you know, something we just put in for them, you know, so I mean, you know, they had some, they had some different, they had some different wrinkles on a few things for us and, and so. You know, like I said, I think their staff and, and, you know, Coach Armstrong and him work together. Coach Armstrong worked with Coach Pinkins. We know Coach Nichols. We know, we, I mean, we know all those guys extremely, extremely well. And so they do, they do a tremendous, tremendous job. I think my staff does, does as good a job as anybody uh, in the league as well. And so, you know, strength on strength. They're going to take away some of your stuff. You're going to take away some of their stuff. And it's, it's always – it's a reason our, all our games are close. The talent level's close. You know, the staffs are close, you know, everything's everything's close, so they're all they're all close games. The offensive rebounds were really important and thought we did a good job. You know, Johnson for them's been a real pain for us. He killed us in the games last year as a freshman. Um he he he's been a real issue for us and thought we did a better job boxing him out tonight, especially down the stretch. Um, you know, at the end of the day, uh the rebounding certainly helped us because they're a really good rebounding team. They came into the game as one of the best rebounding margins in the SEC. And here's what Coach White had to say about LSU getting the edge in the rebounding department. They out-rebounded Florida 38-28 and 15-8 on the offensive glass. White said that those results were a credit to the Tigers. I'm anxious to look at it. I, I don't. I, I didn't get the feel at all that um, we weren't playing with a, a really high level of intensity or physicality. Uh, I, it, to me, it was more um, just being impressed with their ability on the glass, um, really on both ends, especially in, in the offensive glass. I, my goodness, um, they just go and go and go. And some of it, you know, is, is God-given with, with uh, um, strength and athleticism and, and, and length, but the, the – um, the accountability, the discipline to go every time, and the intensity level at which they attack the glass, uh, just their uh, approach on the offensive glass, you know, with, with Days and, and, and Emmett and Watford, um, 
it's uh it's really impressive we'll bring you some comments from florida's basketball coach later in the week as he recaps this loss at lsu and previews saturday's matchup against the number one team in the country That'll do it for the latest edition of Locked on Gators. On today's show, we recap Florida's loss at LSU and discuss Gervin Dexter becoming a consensus five-star recruit. On tomorrow's show, we'll have some more recruiting talk. Looking ahead to the big weekend for Dan Mullen and his staff, make sure you stay tuned to Locked on Gators, your team every day. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Gators is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Gator fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Gator fans in a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you.